0: In the book of Acts, the Apostle Paul gives his farewell address to the elders in Ephesus, reminding them of Jesus' words. It is more blessed to give than to receive, as a reminder of their collective call to help the weak among them. Now, even though we do not find these words in the four gospel accounts recorded by Jesus, we do know that Jesus has a lot to say about giving. In fact, Jesus' teachings on giving to the needy are interwoven into the teachings of the Torah that demand that God's people care for the orphan and the widow and the poor and the resident aliens that live among them. Therefore, God issues laws and decrees for the Israelites to care for others in their midst In fact, the story of Ruth is a testament to a foreigner who was able to glean the fields to collect food for her and her mother-in-law because God's law demanded that the owner of the field leave behind anything dropped for the poor to receive. The Israelites were to remember that they were once foreigners in Egypt too, delivered by God's gracious hands. Thus, Jesus continues to admonish his people to be gracious in their giving too. However, Jesus takes what they know about giving and he calls them to follow him down the road less traveled. Jesus says to them, Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, Jesus acknowledges God's expectations that the Israelites care for the needy among them, but he calls them to be careful about how they practice their righteousness. He tells them not to do it publicly in order to be seen. Otherwise, they will forfeit the reward from God, their Father. Now, it might seem a bit odd that Jesus would say such things to them. I mean, his ministry was predominantly done in public Most of his miracles occurred in front of the crowds who gathered around him, people who witnessed his power with their own eyes. But there were some occasions where Jesus only invited a few of the disciples to join him inside a house, but for the majority of the miracles that he performed, they all took place in public, which helped him gain a lot of attention, both praise and also skepticism. So is Jesus being hypocritical with what he warns his hearers to do? Is he setting a standard apart from what he expects of himself? Well, the simple answer is absolutely not. You see, there's a distinction that we must make between public acts of righteousness and the publicity of them. Jesus' warning has nothing to do with doing things publicly. He certainly did a lot of things publicly in his own ministry. The issue has to do with the motivation of what we do His warning has to do with publicizing our acts of righteousness. Sounding trumpets and drawing attention to what you are doing isn't necessary, says Jesus. This magnifies the act, seeking to get attention and praise from others. If you think about Jesus' teachings and miracles, they were not intended to draw attention or to become a sideshow circus of sorts. Jesus taught to lead people in the ways of God the Father, and Jesus healed and performed miracles as as acts of compassion that restored the brokenness of humanity and pointed to the kingdom of God. Jesus wants the people to believe in Him despite His miracles, saying, "...unless you people see signs and wonders, you will never believe." While Jesus desires faith apart from His signs and wonders... It is very clear that he has come to do what the Father has called him to do. He tells us in John eight twenty eight and verse 29, saying, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he, and that I do nothing on my own, but speak just what the Father has taught me. The one who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do what pleases him. Thus, Jesus is practicing the righteousness not to draw attention to himself, but to guide others in the ways of God, pleasing the Father. And he warns us about giving to the needy, whether monetarily or giving of our time or of our talents, as a way to garner attention to build up our image or our reputations. Now, certainly our efforts to give to those who need it most are important. This is practicing righteousness, doing what is right. Even if we give the intent to get praise from others, we are still providing help to those who need it most. But this is typical of what so many people already do, and the reward is immediate, immediate praise from those who recognize our altruism. But Jesus calls us to walk down the road less traveled. Surely we are not oblivious to the good of philanthropy in our communities, in our nation, and around the world. We applaud those who give of their financial resources to benefit the needs of others, as well as those who use their gifts and give their time to help folks in need. I've personally seen celebrities donate personal items for auctions so that funds can be raised to support cancer research, or I've seen musicians and singers do free concerts encouraging people to donate towards specific causes. I've even seen businesses donate funds to support nonprofit organizations helping folks deal with natural disasters these are all good things but i think for us the essential question comes down to this why are we giving in other words what motivates our giving do we give in order to be seen by others to be recognized as an outstanding citizen in our community to get our picture in the paper or on the web or even in order to protect a good reputation or Do we give because we are commanded by God to care for the needy? Now, receiving praise is not bad in and of itself. We should all receive praise at different times for things that we do, but the praise shouldn't be the motivation for what we do. Now, I know it's sad to say this, but even our giving can be distorted. Now, I've served a number of churches in my years of ministry that have very wealthy members who contribute mightily to the church's operating budget. And I have witnessed some of them who have blatantly said that if the pastor or if the church leadership doesn't respond in the way that they want, that they will withhold their giving. They know that money talks. And attempting to use it as a carrot being dangled over the heads of the leaders to get their agenda met. This goes completely against the grain of Jesus's teaching, and yet it still happens. But I find most often recognition is way more subtler than this. How often do we get letters and invitations to give to our alma maters or to contribute to a specific cause with the promise of putting our names on the giving list based on the size of our contributions? It doesn't matter where you go, you will find the names of givers on plaques or branded on the side of a building or on specific things bought for use. For-profits and even non-profits alike often acknowledge the larger givers by whining them and dining them to give thanks or even to solicit even bigger donations. But this is not the way of Jesus. Jesus calls us to give in such a way that our left hand doesn't know what our right hand is is doing. This giving is done in secret and is not for show. This giving is not motivated by the praise of others, but to truly help folks who are in genuine need. This giving seeks to please God and gives out of gratitude for God's blessings and grace in our own lives. This is the higher righteousness that Jesus teaches his disciples to embody. I read an article last year about an actor, Keanu Reeves. You may know him from some of his movies like Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Speed, The Matrix, or maybe even John Wick, just to name a few. Now, Reeves had a rough childhood growing up and also experienced some difficult circumstances in his adulthood. He and his girlfriend lost a child who was stillborn, and then months later, his girlfriend actually died tragically in a car accident. Later, his sister was diagnosed with cancer and he spent significant time helping care for her as she sought treatment. And in response to his sister's diagnosis, Reeves established a private foundation that does not have his name attached to it to provide financial support to children's hospitals and to cancer research. He's been secretly giving to these charities for many years without anyone even knowing it. In addition, he's volunteered to be a goalkeeper for a soccer league that supports players who suffer from spinal cord injuries. Now, when Reeves began to do this, he did not sound the trumpets or hold a press conference when he decided to do these things. Being a celebrity, he could have easily drawn attention to himself and allowed everyone to see what a stand-up guy he is, but he didn't. Instead, he quietly gave because it mattered to him. You know, it's not every day that you see such giving from celebrities. But the good news of the gospel is that you do not have to be a celebrity or be wealthy to give as Jesus directs us. You don't have to sell all of your possessions and give them to the poor, and you don't have to write a large check or quit your job to give of your time. Instead, you are called to give in secret and to give unselfishly. The Apostle Paul says it this way, He says, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. You see, we give because God has first given to us. We give because God calls us to be cheerful givers. There's no specified amount that we are asked to give to the needy. In fact, we are to balance our reluctance with our compulsion and to give as our hearts lead us. The most important thing is that we give out of love for the Lord and for God's people. The most important thing is that we recognize the brokenness of others among us and respond with compassion just as Christ has done. Truth be told, there are many ways in which we can do such things. Maybe the next time that you're at the grocery store and you put things into your grocery cart, consider purchasing items specifically for the hungry in our community and then drop them off at one of our local food pantries. You may choose to do this every time you shop as a constant reminder of God's provision for you and your continued call to care for the needy among us. You might also secretly write a check to support the deacon's fund here at the church. You know, our deacons do not know who contributes money to the fund. Instead, they manage and discern how best to help the needy in our church and our community with the funds that are given you could also contribute to a need in our local community through the Quiet Givers program who support needs in Watauga, Ashe, and Avery counties. You can pull up their website online and see the needs that are apparent and give according to your ability. And of course, just like Kiana Reeves, you can contribute to the needs of others through various organizations that support research or help families who are suffering through terrible circumstances. Regardless of where we choose to give, we are called to give in response of God's grace and provision in our own lives. We are to follow the road less traveled, which leads us to give in secret so that we might receive an eternal reward from God the Father. It's not that by doing so we are saved, for no, Jesus saves us through his grace. Our reward in heaven is to hear the Father exclaim to us, Whatever you did, one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Why are we giving? Well, we give because we are serving the Lord when we give to the needy. And who better could we ever give to? So friends, may we be the Lord's servants as we follow Jesus' commands to practice our righteousness for all the right reasons may it be so this day and forevermore in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen